Look, I'm so excited to be able to bring the word. And uh, you know what? It's, it's great to see everyone. I, I thought that there'd be less because I know that everybody flees Canberra around this time of year. Good on you guys. You're here. Canberra's all right. It's funny. I actually said to the Sydney people last week with Joe, I said, so there are rumors out there. People believe that Canberra is boring. And I said, listen, I'd like you to continue thinking that because as far as I'm concerned, I like traveling on the roads without any traffic and getting from A to B in about eight to 10 minutes max. I'm okay with you having a reputation about Canberra. Keep your reputation because Canberra is pretty awesome. And I love, love the fact that we live here. And every time I'm in Sydney, I'm like, I want to go home, come back to Canberra. Uh, it is so good to be here this morning, church. And I want to just say thank you to Sean and Erica last week for running the service. Yeah, give them a round of applause. What a blessing they are to us. And of course, Erica has you know, put up the banner out there. You'll see the baby dedication banner and uh, you know, put a lot of heart and thought into that. And of course, last week, Sean brought the word and you know, he's just, I heard his word is just authentic. He was being who he is. And I just love the fact that he could encourage us that seek God first. Seek God first. And as you seek God, right, he will make, he will make it clear to you the purpose in which he has given you to live and to, to uh, give your giftings to him. He'll make that clear to you. And just a great word. So thank you so much for that. But I just want to pray and, and we're just going to get right into it. And I don't want to go for too long, but I just want to encourage us this morning. Dear Lord, I thank you for this beautiful Sunday, Lord. Thank you for the babies that were dedicated to the Lord. And Lord, we give you glory and honor and praise for, for what you do, Lord God, for your creation and, and how wonderful it is to witness this, Lord God, in our lifetime and to be able to be a part of this. I just pray that you would speak this morning your word to hearts and to people's innermost being, Lord God, as you always do. And we give you glory and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so I, I kind of... Uh, Struggled a little bit about finding a title for what I wanted to just share for a few moments, but it came to me this morning. I just want to talk about creation and our response. Creation and our response to creation. And I want to, you know, obviously this is a special Sunday. We've just witnessed beautiful baby Vanya and Amaya being dedicated to the Lord. And so... If you would allow me, church, for a few moments, I just want to speak to parents. But while I speak to parents, we gather around God's word. And so I know it's going to bless every single one of us. But I feel like God just given me a word to focus a little bit on, you know, obviously parents this morning in light of the special occasion. So what I want to do is I want to spend the first part of my message honoring King Jesus for his marvelous creation. I just want to park there just for a few minutes and just focus on that. And then I want to discuss what we can do as parents to respond in gratitude for his marvelous creation. Okay, let's talk about God and his marvelous creation. And then let's talk about how we can respond in gratitude towards God and his marvelous creation. Because I believe it's a call and response scenario that we can learn uh, about this morning. What's our acceptable offering for our king? What's, what can we say in, 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 in uh, appreciation to God? Thank you, God, for creation. Thank you for what you do. So let me share some scriptures that inspire honor 
and worshipped our king, specifically regarding creation. Let me go there. In Colossians 1.16, it says this. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things consist. This passage unapologetically reminds us that it's all about Jesus, isn't it? Baby dedications are about Jesus. And I feel like this, this passage is so fitting for parents because I know that when we become parents, our world changes and our focus becomes completely infatuated by the loved one, by our baby. But you know, even in you having children and building a family, can I tell you something? This scripture reminds us that in everything we do, family, raising children, having children, it's still all about Jesus. It's about the gift giver and not the gift. Of course, we love the gift, but we're encouraged to focus upon Jesus. In him, all things consist. Can anybody say amen to that? In him, all things consist. I love the first part of this verse. It says this, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth. Let me focus for a moment on God's creation of human beings. Human beings. What a beautiful uh, display of God's creation in human beings. And let me read this first part of the verse with, in, in light of what we've just done. For by him, baby Vanya... And Amaya were created for by him. And glory to God for his marvelous work. Glory to God. God's creation, if it doesn't already, let me encourage you to stop and think for a second. God's creation points to the greatness of God, doesn't it? It is like, it, is, it becomes very obvious about how good an amazing and miraculous and incredible God is when you begin to gaze upon and engage in his creation. You're like, wow, God, you are so good. You know, each time I witnessed my children being born, it inspired worship from within me as I marveled at God's handiwork. Every single time, like, oh my goodness, God, you are incredible. God, you are so, so good. And of course, I also became in awe of my wife. And can any father in this place say amen to that? Our wives and what they do. Glory to God. (laughs) I'm glad I'm a man, right? We become in awe of our wives. But let me tell you, isn't that God's design? That whether it be a marriage where two people come together, Right and become one, doesn't that give glory to God? Because that was his design, and the two will become one, and the two he commands to multiply and be great on the land. That was his idea. And so in response, we go, wow, God, glory to God of how you you thought this up. 
coming together and then multiplying. Glory to God. And the same thing, like I said, every time I witness a baby being born, my, my own children, I was like, God, you're so good. God is truly remarkable. And the miracle of childbirth is another sign of his greatness. Nothing more, nothing less. He is great. God, can you join me? We honor you today. God, we honor you today on this special occasion. We turn our eyes upon God and we say glory to God. I love Genesis 1, 27. It says this. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Ask any parent about the first time they held their child, an image bearer of God, an image bearer of God, as the verse says, and they'll tell you it is an unforgettable experience. In the eyes of the parent, nothing is more, nothing is more incredible, more, more beautiful, more wonderful. I remember when Joseph was born and, and, and of course, in some way, the first time we had a, a baby born, of course, it, it lives in my mind probably more than anything because it was the first time I witnessed this incredible miracle, right? But it was incredible, beautiful, wonderful. And I, and I wonder why that is the case. I wonder why that is the case. Well, let me say it this way, because we are beholding the image of God. Isn't that an incredible thing to think about? We are made in His image. And when you witness a baby being born, and the awe that that you have from that experience, right? The, the amazing thoughts and wonder that come to mind, right? Is because we're beholding the very image of God. It takes your breath away and again inspires worship and honor to our King. Because we know that it's always about Him. God, it's about Him. It starts with you and it ends with you. And no matter what, what we celebrate in life, we give glory to you. I remember the first time I held beautiful Joseph, who is now 12. He's over. Where are you, Joseph? There you are. Shout out to you, mate. He's about to maybe not be so beautiful going into teenage years. Is that right, parents? <laughs> Any advice? I welcome it. No, he's a good boy. Joseph is a good boy. He's a good runner. He's a great kid. He's got a good heart. And I love him so much. But I remember the first time I held my son, you know, God gave me the grace and the opportunity to learn about his love. I, I, I learned, it was like a light switched on. You know, I never knew love, right? The meaning of love and how, how real love can be until, I mean, the depth of love until I had Joseph and suddenly it was like a light switched on. Any kind of, any kind of struggle that I had in accepting God's love, right? Because of my shortcomings, because of my failures, because I'm Lord, I'm, I, can't, I can't be good enough or whatever. You know what? All of that, suddenly I, I, I received perspective. I was like, goodness, if I can love my son in the way that I do, and God, you've graced me to give me the opportunity to learn about a love I never knew before, if that's the love that I have for my son, if that's the love that, you know, Ryan and Abby have for their daughter, 
God, how much more do you love me? How much more do you love me? My love for my child does not compare to the love that you have for me and for us. Romans 8.38 says this, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that powerful? A love of God that we begin to understand in some way. Well, I know for me, that was my experience. Goodness, I understand your love just a little bit more, Lord. I still don't understand it fully, but I understand it now being a father. And it's amazing. And of course, what does that do? It causes me to again look upon the king and say, God, you are good. You are great. Even in this, or especially in this moment of receiving Joseph into our lives, it reminds me of how good and great our God is. God, I'm so grateful for your love. Thank you for loving me unconditionally. And can I tell you something today? The love that I have now experienced and know and still learning to know is available to each and every one of you. There might be some today that have come and you are hung up with the thought of, how could God love me? How could I have a God love me who is faulty and, you know, who sins and who falls short of your glory? Let me tell you something. This first is for you this morning. His undivided love for you is available for you to enter into, into a relationship with him and to understand a peace by accepting his love and learning to grow into his love that you've never, ever had before. We worship and honor you today, God. I love this next passage. It reminds me again of how good God is. Psalm 139 says this, and this is very relevant for this morning. For you form my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Can I tell you something? This passage, I have found refuge in so many times. It's been a lifeline on many occasions. But this is another passage. And if we just focus upon our own you know, self-esteem and what this passage helps us with, we can miss how it highlights the magnificence of the Creator, the King, and how good He is. When I read it again, let me draw out some characteristics of our King. For you form my inward parts. If you've ever had the opportunity to learn a little bit about the, the body, I have. It's an incredible, incredible uh, being. I mean, the fact that you've got systems in your body working simultaneously together 
You've got the respiratory system, the cardiovascular system. You've got the mus musculoskeletal system all working together to allow us to be able to breathe and to live and to feel and to touch. We've got our blood cells that fight off infection and disease. It's, it is, you form my inward parts. Goodness God, you are so amazing in how you create. We worship you today. You covered me in my mother's womb. You know, Joe used to teach me this about her pregnancy experience because sometimes, obviously, mothers have to be careful um, of what they do and treat their bodies well when they are, you know, uh, carrying a baby. But Joe also used to encourage me on this. She said, she said to me, Dave, God designed the womb to be the safest place for the baby to grow and to become the human being that they will be. Isn't that a reflection again of you covered me in my mother's womb? From the very word say go, from the time that you are being formed inside of the womb, his covering is already upon you. And then when you're born, guess what? The covering of our king doesn't go away. It continues to be with you. We say, God, you go before me, you go behind me, you lay your hand upon me and I'm in your hand. You cover me. I come under the shadow of the Almighty, under your wings, I find refuge. How precious is you covered me in my mother's womb. The meaning of that can come to life so much more when we reflect on the Creator and how good He is. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Our creator is skillful. Just look at your child and, you know, the personality that they have and the way they say humorous remarks. I know my sons do and my daughters do. And just the way God skillfully brought that together. God. And, and, and the fact that every individual is different. Every one of us is unique. Have our own unique fingerprint. Have the hairs on our heads that is unique to anybody else. God, wow, you skillfully rot in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they were all written the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. Listen, you are God's idea. Before you were your parents' idea. The scripture reveals that and teaches us that your days were fashioned before, yet, before there was even one of them. You belong to him. You know, I know Joe and I, before we got married, we used to discuss names and we would, you know, on long drives and how cool it would be to have kids. And, and then we had kids and then we had many kids and we give God glory for that. But isn't God good that even before the thought came to my mind, even before the opportunity that I had to lay my eyes upon this beautiful woman and fall in love with her, even before that, God thought up Joseph, Isaac, Darius, Lillian, Michaela. He thought them up way before it was on my mind. And the scripture reveals again our creator's thoughtfulness, our creator's forward thinking. The miraculous creator who thinks you up way before you were on the mind of anybody else. How precious also are your thoughts towards me, O oh God. And your thoughts, God, towards me are precious. Thank you. Thank you for that. 
I can take refuge in that. I can get up in the morning and say, God, your thoughts to me are precious. How great is the sum of them? If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I wake, I am still with you. Glory to God. I hope that the first part of this message has really brought to life this amazing creator, this king, and how good he is. And how even in, or especially in, whatever we do, whether it's baby dedications, you know, uh, marriage happening or whatever, it causes our hearts to yet again look upon our king and say, God, you are great. It starts with you and everything points to the goodness of our God. Praise God. But the question I have, and I, I wanted to go quickly through this last bit before we finish up for today, is what, we're, what can we do as parents? I did say I want to just share with parents for a second to respond to the gratitude Sorry, respond in gratitude for his marvelous creation. What can we do? What, what's our acceptable offering as parents towards our king? What can we do? Where to keep that creator at the forefront of our mind as number one, not veering away in gratitude, saying, God, thank you for your creation. What can I do? Well, Proverbs 22, 6 says this, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Of course, I shared that this morning in the baby dedication. Train up your child in the way and he will not depart from it. The dedication you witnessed just a few minutes ago, can I tell you something? It's not just a Christian tradition or ritual. No, no, no. Dedicating our babies to Jesus is just the beginning of a lifelong commitment of training our children in the ways of the Lord. It's the beginning. It's the start. It's like, okay, from Lord, I mean, obviously we have to wait for baby to grow up a little bit before we bring him to the church and dedicate him. But when they're ready, Lord, I'm, I'm there. I'm going to dedicate my baby. And it's the beginning of a lifelong pursuit to raise my child in the ways of the Lord. So what can we do and how can we respond to the greatness of God? What's our acceptable offering towards our king? Well, we can start by recognizing that our children are his creation. They are his creation and they belong to him before they belong to me. And can I encourage you parents, realize that it will help you parent better. It definitely helps me parent better when I realize, God, my boys, my daughters, they belong to you before they belong to me. And I ought to raise them up in your sight to give you glory and do it according to what pleases you, God. And the gratitude we have for this marvelous creation can be demonstrated by obeying the scripture. And obviously, I just read scripture. I will raise this child, Lord. And let this be our prayer. I will raise this child, Lord, to love, honor, and obey the Lord Jesus Christ. And can I tell you something? If that is not the case for you parents this morning, if your parents do not know Jesus and you're thinking, oh, Stuff. I missed it. I missed it. I didn't have the, the dedication when they were, you know, three months old or whatever. Hey, listen to me. It's never too late. It is never too late. As you bring your heart, heart's desire and prayer to God and say, God, hear my prayer this morning. I pray for my child. Lord, 
maybe I didn't raise them in the ways of the Lord up until this point. But help me now. Be the gracious God that you are. Allow this to be uh, uh, re-established in the way I believe and pray for my child to be a person loving you, God. Help me. Give me the direction. Give me the understanding of how to do that. Can I tell you, it's not too late. Isn't God good? Isn't God good that even for us, it was never too late? It was never too late. We, we, we trip up, we fall down, we make mistakes, but it's never been too late for us. And neither is it too late for any parent here and their desire to bring up their children in the ways of the Lord. Deuteronomy 6, 4 says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them um, as a sign on your hand and they shall be a uh, uh, frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Listen. The encouragement from this passage is very clear. There are, always teach your children about God. In every opportunity, every opportunity that you get, teach them about God. Teach them about His ways. You know, it's funny that it says when you rise up and then when you go about your day, when you're walking on the, on the wayside, when you're lying down, teach them, teach them, teach them. Because you know what? If you have kids here this morning, you agree with me that the opportunity arises... Right to address your children's behavior from the word say go. It could be six in the morning and the children are already frustrated at each other. And there's an opportunity right there. God, I, you've given me the opportunity and the role to raise them up in the ways of the Lord. Let me instruct them in a godly way. And then midday comes and yet again, we have another opportunity to teach our children, of course, in the evening around the dinner table. And all the parents said amen. Because I know all you parents look forward to dinner at night time with your children and the conversations. Anybody apart from me? Yep. Wonderful stimulating conversations, right? That's awesome. But let me just encourage you with this last passage. And then we'll finish up for today as Joe kind of just begins to worship in the background. I love Matthew 19, 13. It says this. Then little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed from there. You know, we, we've often heard this story, and we can think to ourselves, don't you love that story? Don't you love the fact that Jesus makes it clear that he has time for the children? And we go, oh, I just love that story. And it helps us to realize how important children are. But can I tell you something? What I got from this even more so is Jesus said, let the children come to him when the disciples inhibited the children from coming. They, he said, no, 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 no. Let them come to me. They belong with me. They need to be with me. And can I just tell you, parents, my encouragement and my uh thought this morning is this let the children come to Jesus you know we are responsible as parents to position our children in a place where God's word is being taught 
we are the ones that if we're not careful can be like the disciples inhibiting our children from coming to Jesus oh I can't believe the disciples did that I would never do that the children should be allowed to come to Jesus Christ because that's where they belong Jesus is awesome he sets the priorities right and it's wonderful but hang on a second maybe if I mirror this story onto myself is my priorities inhibiting my children from coming to Jesus are my behaviors and conduct and the way I address my family and the things that they see me do is that inhibiting my children from coming to Jesus it's just a crazy reminder that yes this story is wonderful in how Jesus said said it straight and said no let the children come to me but it can also be an applicable story for us to say hang on Lord with everything I am I will dedicate begin by dedicating my baby to the Lord and I will never inhibit my child and my children from coming to Jesus to be at his feet to be taught his word to allow their minds to be shaped in a godly way in a way that is peaceful and hopeful and has a future can anybody say amen to that